She ate breakfast naked? She didn't even want a napkin. I've had bedroom naked. I've had walk to the bathroom naked. I have never had living room naked. Oh, it's a scene. It's like you're living in the Playboy Mansion. Did she, uh, did she frolic? I don't really have enough room. April 13th, 2014. We are back, people. We are back. Look at you testing out the pop filter. Like I've used a it boss. before. You didn't, but I did. I know. I'm going to use it real soon, though. Brand new pop filter on pop. our mic. Pop, pop, pop. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, there might have been some that got through. I Actually, can't tell. maybe. Oh. Mm. If you heard some, our pop filter's faulty, and we'll buy a new one. Faulty pop filter. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we do anything right? You did miss us. Admit it. Come on. You missed us. Totally. Okay, let's go to the post-it. Oh. What's up? Okay. <laughs> really energetic for um, some reason right in this moment. The Pendant Picnic coming up on May 18th. Whoa! Right here in Los Angeles, Cali. That's not that so, far away. So. Right? So if you want to come, make sure you send me an email, jeffrey at pendantaudio.com, and I can give you the info and the deets, and we can see you there. Yeah. That'll be cool. We'd sure like would. to see you there. We do. Hang out and talk and chat. That would be stuff. great. Okay. Fun. Yeah. Stuff. Good. And shortly thereafter. Yes. We will be at the Long Beach Comic Con on May 31st. We have a panel. Oh, yeah, we do. At noon on May 31st. A podcasting 101 panel. No. It's called podcasting production. Okay. Fine. We didn't know. They changed. It's called we changed it. Podcasting production, and it will feature you and you, us two. Yeah. Plus, and Barbara and uh, Barbara Dylan and Sam Rhodes from Fanboy Comics. Correct. And Kevin Knight of Eat Geek Play, and we'll be talking all about podcasts and how you can start your own and what it's like and common errors to avoid then you know we'll be sharing our experience and things we've learned <laughs> doing this for so long <laughs> what we're gonna we're gonna just have a chat with y'all a chat so come if on you're down, in the socal area come on out yep. check us out noon may 31st long beach comic expo yep. they have their own website too at longbeachcomicexpo.com isn't it i don't know it, it might be that i didn't write it down <laughs> like i prepare it's come probably no. that i only had a month to write it down you think that was enough time i i shouldn't assume correct really. correct yes. okay all right um um Mentioned that we're still would like to get some reviews from all of you folks on Phantom Canyon. Yes, so for those stop of you by. who have purchased it, thank you very much. And if yes. you could share your thoughts and your star ratings, we would appreciate it. Thank those. you so much. Uh, many of you have bought it, but many fewer of you have left us a review or a star rating. Even just we, the star rating helps so really much. We really need that. Right? So you can go to iTunes and search for Phantom Canyon. You can go to Amazon and search for Phantom Canyon. You can go to Audible, search for Phantom Canyon. You can even go to Goodreads and search for Phantom Canyon. Leave us a rating and a review, please, please. Please. Yeah. We will love you. We, we will love you either way. We would send you a personal thank you email if you tell us that you That's true. Did. We might do that, we, yeah. We could do that. And we might even love for you. For sure. More. We more. might love you more. We might love you more. A lot. We could love you really good. Okay, that's too much. <laughs> Okay, and then the last thing we have to mention is that Ms. Teresa Keller, editor extraordinaire, is going to be stepping down from her editing duties for a while. She's got some stuff to deal with, and that's okay. 
but we will miss her greatly because she's awesome and we and hope she is talents. back soon yes and her editing talents her and her talents yes and in the meantime mr colin kelly will be stepping up to do uh script editing for the kingery and i will be handling script editing on tabula rasa until she is ready to return so we will miss you Teresa, and i hope you are able to come back soon yes From Massachusetts, we have Pete Mylin on the line, and I think I pronounced that right, yes? Yes, you have pronounced that correctly. It's Mylin. Rhymes with Smilin. That's the only way to pronounce it. Not Milan, not Millen, not Mylon, not Mylin! Mylin! <laughs> Damn it! I think every, right. Right. Inc- every incarnation of credits has had some form of everything you just put out there so i've always been i've always been curious how is his name pronounced and i think that's probably like one of the biggest questions like longtime listeners might have how does Pete pronounce his last name that's that's why i have it in my twitter bio now (laughs) excellent pronounce it like there was a y instead of an i there you go got it got it got it my lid got it so Pete, we've got questions and stuff has come in from uh, certainly the pen, the pendulums, and um, we are live tweeting. Um, hey, send in your questions, and uh, so if any of those pop up, I'll keep uh, tweet deck over off on the side here, keep an eye on on that. And then I've got questions, and hopefully you have answers, or this is going to be very one sided. Sure, sure. So, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of start off um, a little broad and um, go with one of the questions that came in um, to uh, pendantaudio.com. And, and somebody has asked, um, when will you start recording bedtime stories? For those of us who, who find his, his voice soothing and helpful to calm down the hamster wheel in the head. <laughs> when will I start recording bedtime stories? Uh, you know, as soon as a request, a specific request comes in, I, uh, that's just something I've never been asked before. Um, <laughs> see, the, the thing is, I have, I'm, I'm working on, uh, you know, I do, I do audio books now. And yes. I have been, I've been editing my, uh, my own work, uh, for this next one, and, uh, I don't hear what you people hear. I I just listen to this like this is the shrieking of a hideous man harpy. This <laughs> I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, and I have a smoker's voice. I don't understand how this happened. What this this sounds horrible. I will die in poverty. But if you folks say you want bedtime stories, I mean, make a make a request. I, I guess. <laughs> awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll go over all your contact information so people can do that uh, sure. later on. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about the the uh, audiobook recordings that you're doing? Because I noticed that on Twitter um, for quite a while now. Uh, yes. Um, in addition to, uh, to Phantom Canyon, which we'll uh, get into shortly, um, I, have, uh, I have started, over the past year, I've been recording uh, audiobooks. Um, the first two have been released uh, through uh, Dynamic Ram Audio Productions. 
Uh, one is called Hugh Mon, Private Detective, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a sci-fi uh, mystery uh, novel. And uh, the other is Sentinels: When Strikes the Warlord by Van Allen Plexico, who has the greatest name you've ever heard. And it is a uh, it's a superhero novel, and uh, they're both a lot of fun. They're available on Audible, and uh, please go buy them, um, because I am I I need the money, folks. I I gotta be honest with you. I really need the money. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, and uh, out there. I have yes, I have uh, two more that I have recorded, uh, and have since learned that uh, uh, I'm not going to be doing those through Dynamic RAM. I have to. Uh, he, uh, the uh, Chris Barnes, who uh, is uh, who is Dynamic RAM audio, uh, has a burgeoning uh, audio book career himself, and uh, doesn't really have the time to do producing for anyone else anymore. Uh, you can check out him on audio on Audible.com as well. He's done uh, several books, and he's very good. Uh, High Moore is one of his. High Moore too. Uh, I can't remember. There's an. Just look for Chris Barnes. You'll see him. Uh, but anyway, I've got two more books recorded, and uh, I will be doing several more in the future. Cool. What um, What was the impetus to get into that? Uh, well, the impetus was I've been doing. Uh, you know, it's. I've, I've been doing pendant audio for uh, you know, close to a decade now. And yeah. uh, in the past couple of years, I just uh, decided it was time to up my game. Um, I wanted to do more uh, with, you know, I, I, it sounds egotistical, but, you know, I wanted to do more with my talent. Um, and I, you know, I, I actually read, uh, read a couple of books about, uh, you know, getting voiceover work, and uh, one of their suggestions was to do a... Uh, do a uh, free reading for LibriVox to uh, you know go through that process of reading a uh, public domain book and recording it and putting it up there, mm -hmm. and uh, that led to me seeing uh, Chris's audition notice for uh, Dynamic Ram, and uh, that that's where that went. Cool. So you just said um, one day that you wanted to uh, expand and grow. Yes. Cool. Okay. Very cool. Um, what other kind of audio work do you want to get into? Do you or see yourself? Do you have a plan? Do you have stuff that's on your radar? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I like I said, the stuff I've d I've done so far is very, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, action and pulpy stuff. It's all a lot of uh, a lot of new pulp. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, pulp. I you know I don't I don't really have much of a plan beyond uh, you know just knocking down the work that's uh, that's in front of me right now, and hopefully eventually uh, getting uh, getting paid for it. I know I keep coming back to that, but it's it's kind of been on my mind lately. I had to buy a new car; the old one got destroyed in a car accident. Anyway, um, so is that? Then your full time gig, or is that something different? Uh, no, no. I have a, uh, I have a, uh, I have a day job, and uh, I've been, uh, you know, doing this in, uh, in my spare time. Okay, cool. And um, okay, it is something I'd like to do uh, as a full time gig, but uh, uh, I don't know how feasible it is at at this point. Right. Life of an artist. Yeah. Artiste. 
this is a very cheery interview. I'm really giving you, uh, you know, sunshine and lollipops <laughs> and puppy giggles. Puppy giggle. Wow. <laughs> puppy giggles. There we go. Well, let's talk about something a little more fun then. Let, sure. Let's talk about, oh, I don't know. How about Phantom Canyon? Yes, let's talk about cowboy death. <laughs> so, Pendant has its first ever, um, I guess we're calling them... Uh, prestige. Prestige. Prestige Productions. Prestige Productions. And this is um, the first one where you play Sam. Yes. A... I don't want to say... Blacksmith? Yes. Yes cowboy blacksmith type and uh, so the auditions for that went out what made you want to be the lead role in that uh well you know it's I I want to be the lead role in everything I'm uh <laughs> I've got a healthy little ego well you know I it's it's it sounded like an intriguing uh you know an intriguing uh you know prospect mm-hmm. you know Nobody really knew what it was about, just that it was Western and it was going to be horror, and uh, you weren't sure, you know, where it was going from that. Uh, I knew uh, I knew Jeffrey Thorne from uh, from his work on uh, Leverage, and uh, you know, it's uh, and anytime something you know, anytime something comes along that's original, because I feel like you know, there's so much audio drama that is. There's there's a lot of online audio drama that sort of falls into the same category. There's a lot of you know spaceship shows. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of zombie shows, and that's fine. And they're very successful. And I'm but it's I really you know I like to hear you know different genres you know different things that you know not a lot of people are doing. Right. Well, I would th- I I think that western horror in of itself is pretty rare well not as rare as you would think i i feel like it's uh it's there's a lot of uh you know prose on that subject you know the, okay. the weird west is sort of its own uh, little uh, subgenre and you get a lot of you know uh authors like joe r lansdale writing uh write some stuff in that uh in that okay. uh, vein okay but this new. was uh, this is you know it's it's uh, it's different than it's it's different than anything I've ever uh, I've ever read. And uh, as I've said before, there are no zombies in Phantom Canyon. That's a Pete Mylan guarantee. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a zombie guy. I, uh... <laughs> well, I downloaded it. I listened to it, and I loved it. And I thought you were awesome. Thank you very much. Um, your your take on what somebody from the old west would sound like and talk like um not that i've been there but sounded what i would think was pretty spot on oh thank you was there without getting into anything spoilery or too detailed um is there something that you considered like a favorite scene to do or a part of that that you're especially fond of um 
I'm 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 very fond of there's a uh, there there's a couple of confrontations with the uh, with the antagonist of the story mm-hmm. uh, who uh, has a couple of different faces in this, and I'm I was very uh, very happy with both of those scenes. Cool, kind of hard to speak to, it, yeah, um, <laughs> without giving too much away. Um, okay, and. Did you do any of the any of the voice acting um, with any of the other actors, or was it record lines and, and it all got fit uh, fit together? No, it was uh, it was recorded. We all recorded uh, scattered across the globe as we uh, normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I did uh, you know. I think we were contractually obligated um, to do at least three takes. Uh, five was five were preferred, mm-hmm. I th- or, or well, something. I actually signed a contract, which is weird for me because um, it's a prestige production. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, but I don't remember the exact number. But in the contract, there was a uh, there was a specification of how many takes you had to deliver for each line and. How many of those had to be as written? Mm-hmm. So you are known as um, Mr. Adlib. <laughs> uh, not a lot of I, I having listened to the production. Not a lot of the stuff uh, I adlibbed uh, got in there. They pretty okay. much uh, a lot. You know, most. You know, I'd say ninety nine percent of it is all stuff that uh, uh, Jeffrey and Jeffrey and Susan wrote. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I went off in a couple of different directions at certain points. I, you know, my instinct is always to, you know, put put jokes in, and <laughs> not really. You know, if they ever do a Phantom uh, Canyon uh, gag reel, I'm sure there'll yeah. be uh, some stuff in there. I've heard many a director in commentary say, "Oh yeah, that was Pete. Oh yeah, that one was Pete." <laughs> yeah, I well. You know, I'm I'm hardly the old the only one. Uh, I've I've in in the past uh, I've had uh, you know people like uh, Marley Norton and uh, and MCR Garcia and uh, Mindy Rast. You know they have who have completely changed you know for the better changed the tone and elevated scenes that uh, that have happened uh, before. Mm-hmm. We've got some good people in Thailand. Yes, we do. Well, Phantom Canyon was a fun ride, and and I encourage everybody to to go out there and download it in whichever format suits them best and uh, have a good listen over and over again. It's available on Audible. It's available on Amazon. It's available on iTunes. Yep. It's 7 bucks or less. It's cheap at twice the price. It's two and a half hours. I mean, that that's a good, yeah. good, good deal for, for two and a half hours of some, some very, very good you know, high quality production value. Go out and find a brand new two and a half movie, two and a half hour movie for seven bucks. You can't do it. You can't, folks. <laughs> so, um, okay, let's 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 go to the Wayback Machine, shall we? All right. A uh, a, a little show called Dixie. Never heard of it. <laughs> Do you okay, remember what a... when you decided you wanted to be in Dixie? Uh, well, that was uh, the very beginning of uh, 
of Pendant. That was, you know, certainly in the first year. And uh, I uh, I auditioned for, for uh, I, didn't, I didn't just audition for Freudenberg. I believe I auditioned for, uh, what's his face there? The guy uh, Steve Anderson played, the Billingsley? bad guy. Billingsley. Billingsley, I auditioned for uh, for Frank. I think that's about it. Yeah, those are the only three characters in the first uh, first script that weren't that you know for only male characters in the first script. Right, that was a lot of fun, and you had some uh, some um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some on um, ongoing gags. Um, I recently re-listened to the first season uh, not too long ago. Okay. Um, so you're yeah, boss. Yeah. Boss, and uh, constantly getting slammed into airplanes by Dixie, which <laughs> Freudenberg didn't view as a running gag. That actually really irritated him. Mm. And you had um, later in the show, you had your flashback episode. Yes, where I played uh, Freudenberg as uh, as a young as a young boy, and uh, Grandpa Freudenberg, who oddly enough sounded just like Freudenberg, only with a little rasp in his voice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I also had to sing in German. Yes, I remember that. Uh, I can offer no excuse for what <laughs> happened. I, they give me the script. I gotta, I gotta sing in German. I gotta figure out how to, how to pronounce these things in German. I don't know, folks. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was fun for us listening. Let me tell you. If you say so. <laughs> Anything in um, Dixie that stands out is. Something that you're especially proud of? Uh, one of my favorite things wasn't uh, in any of the episodes. It was, uh, it actually was in the 50th uh, reel at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. There was a little scene uh, that uh, we were going to put into the first episode where Lily shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't get it ready in time and it never got in. Uh, but we had, it was going to be just this little scene for she and I to act in the far background. That you know, just it's it's the way that our characters met, oh, okay. and uh, we ended up doing it for the fiftieth uh, uh, reel, and uh, I enjoyed because you know I I think it's it's the only bit of Dixie I ever got to write myself, uh, and uh, I think it's uh, fairly amusing. I fall down and go boom, and it's it. I'm easy to please that way. <laughs> you miss doing Freudenberg? Hmm. Well, you know, considering all the Germans that I've had to do in these in these audiobooks, I feel like I'm still doing Freudenberg. <laughs> I've done a lot of Germans in these books. That's that's uh, my go-to uh, accent, I guess. Which is not, you know, not real German. It's, you know, fakey movie German. Right, right. But, you know, kind of fits Dixie, I would say. Mm. And then the other part that you... It's sort of a different part, but a different take, I guess a different take on Freudenberg is during the credits, where you're all kind of... Uh breaking the fourth wall there um well no that's that's still freudenberg that's you know that's the same character but it's sort of outside of the the main main story well i mean it's the reality of dixie is tenuous at best um (laughs) i feel like on a certain level they're all aware that they're in a show whether or not they know that it's a you know 1930s radio show or a 2000s podcast is you know really up for debate Mm mm-hmm I know there was one episode where I where I was in uh, I was in one of those uh, umkit ads in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the show, <laughs> yep. where I got to be uh, you know some, you know do a little bit of uh, Mister Wizard type stuff. 
uh, you know, as a pitch man. Right. I actually did two takes of that. One where I was, you know, really super into it, and one where it was clear that Freudenberg was just reading these lines for the first time. <laughs> oh yes, I have always needed a. What the hell is a custard launcher? Why would I need custard launcher? I have always needed a. <laughs> you mentioned that uh, you did. You got to write that one little part where uh, Freudenberg and Lily met, um, but you are much more prolific in writing when it comes to Kingery. Uh, yeah. If, you know, by prolific, you mean I write two episodes a year. Um, but uh, as far as, you know, the rest of it, you know, I like, I like writing, uh, I, I find it, you know, fairly easy to write for the Kingery. It's not, you know, it's not something I, uh, I, you know, you know, fret over, if you will. Because, um, but, but, you know, I've, I've been promising people an audio drama of my own for years now, and, uh, I was gonna ask about that. It's it's you know I've 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 been away from it for a while. It's just uh, writing's hard, guys. Writing is hard when you have a full when you have a full time job and all of a sudden you get another job where where you where you read books out loud instead of writing them. It's it's uh, it's difficult. Do you prefer the writing or the acting? Oh, I mean uh, the thing you know I I enjoy acting, but uh, you know writing just it's not something you can, you can turn off. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're always writing, even if you're not, you know, putting pen to paper. And I sound so pretentious right now. It's ugh. No, not at all. No, no, you're always writing. <laughs> <laughs> now ask me what my favorite swear word is. Inside the pendant studio. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I do want to write more. I, 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 you know, I'd like to write a couple of uh, seminar scripts. Um, just, you know, it's just a question of time and, uh, you know, being able to hit the send button, I guess. Well, they make those bigger now. Yeah. Easier target. Mm. So when you're writing Kingery scripts and you're writing for Tommy, is that weird? Uh, not really. No. No, he's 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 fairly uh, he's fairly simple uh, as as far as Kingery uh, you know as far as Kingery characters go, he's probably the most easygoing person in the cast. Um, just because you know he just he just wants to run his business and be left alone. Honestly, if nobody messed with him, he'd he'd, he'd just sit up in his office all day. Drinking, flipping cards into a into a hat. <laughs> okay. You know, I, he's he's not. He, I don't feel like he's a very you know. He's not very conflicted. He's not. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of inner pain. I don't think. He's he's uh, you know. He's he's simple the way that you know a Bogart character is simple. Where just you know he has a code and this is what he lives by and uh, there's not a lot of he doesn't have a lot of questions about about himself anymore. Yeah, he's worked through a lot of that over the years. Yeah. So have you ever written something that when you've gotten to um, recording it, you've gone, oh God, why did I do this to myself? Well, you know the entire was it the fifth season where Tommy disappeared and and we had a clone of. 
of Tommy. Tom two point. Tom two point oh. Tommy two point oh. Yes. Yeah, that that was my idea. Uh huh. And the whole time I'm typing it out in the in the Kingery writing room in the Kingery writing room, I'm going, "Don't do this! Don't do this! This is double the work. <laughs> this is twice the amount of work. Why are you doing this? Don't hit enter. You hit enter. Why did you hit enter? Why did you do that? Uh, so that was there. Yeah, there. <laughs> that <laughs> that was something that uh, probably could have been thought about more. Um, well, but as far as go ahead. Go ahead. as far as actual scripts, there's not a lot. You know, if I if you know if I'm comfortable enough to write it out and send it out to people, I'm comfortable enough to say it out loud. It it must have been cool getting to to play a kind of a different aspect of of Tommy that really don't see most of the uh, the show. It it was it was fun to play. You know, it was fun not to have to do that rasp. That that's certainly. Um, yeah, it's you know it was certainly interesting to play. You know, innocent Tommy and then crazy Tommy and. Uh, you know, then innocent crazy Tommy in the same scene. Mm. So I've got a question that was um, submitted at uh, pendantaudio.com. All and right. I, I I I don't know how out of context this is because I I don't remember where this is coming from, but um, oh boy. I'll, I'll ask the question and then I'll also ask you to explain what this is. Whatever happened to Candy Hearts? Candy Hearts was the name of this uh, this pendant uh, show that I was going to do, and oh, still okay. hope to do eventually. Okay. Uh, it's not called Candy Hearts anymore. The last uh, last script I worked on, uh, the last uh, you know draft of it was called uh, Dooley and Wren, um, after the two main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever happened to it is. I'm working on it. I still think about it. Um, it's just uh, really hard to. Uh, it's just really hard to uh, to get going with it. And it's it's not. I I mean I have a hundred pages of script. I just <laughs> don't have an ending. Mm. Well, they also submitted with the question that they quote, "I want to hear it." Well, so do I. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll uh, see that make its way through the paces. Okay, so... Um, well, hopefully, hopefully. What's your favorite part about painting Tommy? Um, I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember. I just do it out of habit now. <laughs> I, oh, you know, it's, uh, you know it, it's, it, it's fun when he gets those, uh, you know, when he gets to be, uh, you know, sort of a, a... When he gets to be, you know, righteous, you know, mm-hmm. once a season. That's, that's, that's always enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Least favorite part about playing him? Um, sex scenes. Honestly, it's just weird. It's just weird. A grown man in his bedroom making sex noises into into a microphone. It's just strange. <laughs> okay. At a, at a certain point, I have my hand in front of my face. I'm looking it. You can guess why. It's just <laughs> weird. Am I saying it would be better if someone else is in the room? No, that would be twice as bad. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we've rated the show R. <laughs> yeah. 
I would say M for mature, but there's nothing mature about the Kingery. <laughs> we had a poop heist episode, folks. We did Yes. There's was, nothing. I have to tell you, of the of the whole series, I think your reaction, the way you played your reaction to Hooks submerging himself. <laughs> I can still hear you. Ah, why? why? No. Oh, God, why? <laughs> Yeah. How much of that scene was kind of open to react badly or or was every part of that script? I think that's that's literally what was typed in the script. I th- I believe it was actually Tommy Major, "Oh god, why?" etc. <laughs> and uh well, you know, that, you know, I make fun of that episode because it's ridiculous. It's a poop heist episode. Yes, but, but it was uh, brilliant. <laughs> You know, it was it was a lot of fun to uh, to put together. It was a long script. It was almost like forty pages. Um, yeah, worth every second. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when uh, I show off pendant stuff to you know friends and colleagues and whatnot, um, that's one of the episodes I kind of here listen, <laughs> give them a little background. And like, oh yeah, I got to get into this. The only thing I wish had made it into that episode that didn't, um, uh, Mindy Rast's character, uh, has a reaction when she sees exactly what is, you know, what has happened to this church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's shorter in, uh, in the actual episode. It, it, this is more of a, yeah, I think she shouts, holy shit, or something like that. <laughs> But in, I actually had a line from Shakespeare in the script. I had her see this and go, "All right, man. Well, let's just angels and ministers of grace defend us." <laughs> nice, very nice. That actually gives us a good segue. So let's talk about yes. angels and ministers. Okay. And a little show called The Line. The Line. Uh, that was uh, a show where, uh, um. You know, it's. I don't know if it was M or if it was Chris Britton who asked me to, because uh, I had an audition for the show, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them asked me to uh, to uh, try out for the character of Paul. Right. And I was like, I I, I was kind of burned out on playing uh, on playing bad guys, because I've mm-hmm. played you know, I've played a lot of wackos and and you know just creeps. Mm-hmm. In various pendant things, and I was just you know kind of burned out. I was like, I don't want to play another. They said, Oh no no, this guy's a, he's a suburban dad. He's totally normal. Don't even worry about it, guy. <laughs> oh all right, suburban dad. I can do that. Sure. I think it started off that way. It did start off that way. Yeah. And then I was possessed by a demon or had a demon baby inside me. I, it's been a while since I listened to the line. Something there was something something demons. You were more like two characters in that over the course of that show, I think. Um, yes. What you started off as, and then what you kind of turned into, were very different. Yes, I was first. I was regular dad, and then I was evil dad, and then I was hardened, but still kind of regular dad. Anything about um, that particular role stand out for you? Um, I rem- you know, the, 
I remember the episode where uh, where he turned, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as as much as as I you know still am kind of burnt out on because I played a lot of villains. Um, yeah, but you're so good at it. <laughs> I know. Um, it it was you know it's it's always fun to uh, to get a you know a big villainous speech and you know bust out an excuse to uh, you know have an excuse to bust out the uh, the maniacal laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things I like about the way you play Tommy. I don't see Tommy as a villain. I, I think I've said this before in in, in other interviews. I, I see Tommy maybe as an antihero, but I don't see him necessarily as a villain per se. No, he's 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 a criminal, but he's not a villain. Right. Because I was coming on, uh, you know, there's a uh, there there's a there's a character I play in a show that's coming out from uh, Cooper on to I don't know how to pronounce this this company. It's <laughs> it's Chris and Fiona Thrail and M, and they have a, a bunch of shows. One of which is already out called Their Tick and Talker that I'm in. But there's another one coming out soon called uh, called Vengeance, and I play. A guy in there who is so much worse than Tommy, and he's horrible. And I, I he, he playing that actually got me going through my uh, my CV and realizing that Tommy is one of the more moral characters I've actually ever played. <laughs> yeah, you've you're in almost every show in Pendant. I've been in every show on uh, on Pendant. I've been. Uh, no, I've I've been in every one. I had I've finally had a uh, you know fairly significant role in uh, in seminar uh, not too long ago. That was the only one I really hadn't been on. I uh, I did like three lines as a cowboy in uh, one episode a couple of years ago. My bad, I forgot that you were in uh, Red Sands. Okay, so you're in yes. every show. <laughs> and and you had a small piece in Henderson and Havner. Uh, yes, I played uh, some guy at the beginning of I think it was episode six. Okay. Or um, I got to do a. This has all been a huge misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Every yeah. show. <laughs> Every show. Every single one. My <laughs> golly. So we've got you. Also in uh, Avalon. Uh, yeah, very, uh, very briefly. Um, I'm. Yeah, uh, I did not like your character. Not that you wasn't played well and, and written well. Uh, no, I just your character. I wanted to beat and punch. Yeah, because he's he's horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a creep. <clears throat> and uh, the, you know the thing is. You know that that's you know I I when I when I got that it's like this is the most horrible creep I've ever played in any of these shows, and then the Cooper Antum audio plot you know character came along. And it's like, eh, he's not that bad. He just does a little waterboarding and torture. I mean, who hasn't done that? I remember you tweeting. I just played the most, or I just recorded the most evil character I've ever played, and. You had just finished, and you also commented that you had just finished um, Macbeth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, right, yeah. who would you rather hang out with? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Depends. Am I underwater or not? What? 
am I getting waterboarded or not? Oh, oh, right. Okay, yeah. But then there's Baraccio from Much Ado About Nothing, who, you know, is a complete monster in his own way. Mm. He's just ruining lives for just the sheer sport of it. <laughs> for fun. Not fun and yeah. profit. Just for fun. Just for funsies. Well, there is profit. I mean, the, the, the Duke is paying him uh, paying him to do it. Mm. But he's, you know, he's, he's sort of doing it on spec. It's a service. He comes to the guy, hey, look, I got this great idea. What you can, what you can do is... Do you... I'm, pitch... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask how, how much you um, enjoy doing Shakespeare versus non-Shakespeare type stuff. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a totally different kind of acting. Um... I mean, you know, Macbeth was hard. Macbeth was really hard um, because it's just you know, you you're, you've got page upon page of these long lines in uh, in a, an unfamiliar lexicon, and mm-hmm. also I'm also I'm doing that while trying to stick to a Scottish accent, which my Scottish accent is not great. It's not great. Let's be honest. There's a couple of times during that show that I sounded like a Scottish Dracula. <laughs> Macula, if you will. Um, but I just finished uh, the other night. I just finished... Well, actually, I haven't finished. i got to do Act 5. Uh, playing Malvolio in uh, the upcoming Twelfth Night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's not a, not a play I'd ever uh, really... Uh, never really experienced before. Um... And, you, know, you hear the name Malvolio, and you assume the guy is just, you know, a horrible villain, and he's really not. He's just kind of this nerd who gets picked on by Sir Toby Belge and, and his gang of bullies. It's actually really sad. <laughs> he gets catfished. Catfished? Yeah, that, that phenomenon of, uh, you know, you think you've you think you've met someone online, and then you actually meet them, and it's a totally different situation and uh, maybe someone else has had a hand in it. Gotcha. Yeah. Shakespeare invented catfishing. Uh, yeah. So, of the Shakespeare roles that you've had, which one have you enjoyed the most? Uh, I'd have to say I have enjoyed Baraccio the most, just because um, he's just so evil. <laughs> he's just such a tool. <laughs> And, uh, and he's just so clearly enjoying himself every step of the way. Like, he, he, he loves messing with other people. Mm. And favorite non-Shakespearean role? Favorite non-Shakespearean role? Uh, um, it's, it's hard to say. I would, if, if I'm honest, I'd have to say uh, Freudenberg edges out, uh, edges out Tommy. Yeah? How come? Easier to perform. <laughs> okay. Fair that enough. that voice is uh it's uh that voice is hard on the throat. Mm. Although uh I can't remember the character's name. Let me I'm on the pendant side, let me look it up. It was a lot of fun to play uh what is his name? I can't remember. Victor. Victor Triskillen from uh, from Red Sands Investigations. He was you know, he was a lot of fun to play because it's uh, I'm basically just doing a, a Jason Statham voice. That was my audition, because I, I I auditioned for uh, for Nick Flint, who is the uh, 
He's he's the British private detective in that in that show. Mm-hmm. And apparently, my Jason Statham sounds a lot like uh, Sir Alan Sugar, according to uh, Fiona Thrale. <laughs> um, and if you uh, if Americans, if you don't know who that is, uh, he is the host of the British version of The Apprentice. Do with that information what you will. Make what parallels you may. <laughs> On his relative niceness and yeah. One more show I wanted to talk about with you is um, Tabula Rasa. Tabula Rasa. It sounds like you're having fun with it. I am. I am. It's ju- it's just really it's still strange to me that I got that part because it was I don't I. I don't want to say that I auditioned with that voice as a joke, but I don't I don't remember, I don't think it was the only voice I offered them because it's just such a thick it's just a if you did a cartoon about a guy from Chicago, that was the voice you would use I keep flashing back to Saturday Night Live Oh yeah, it's it's all dicka <clears throat> mm-hmm. Super fans <laughs> Have you been it's... to Chicago? I have. I have been to Chicago once. Uh, it was about uh, nine to twenty years ago. I was there for a uh, some kind of student convention thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, got food poisoning while I was there, so you know that's the city for it. Mm. So you you've heard the authentic sounds. Oh yeah, I've been to the water tower. Oh yes. Mm. And uh, what's standing out for you in Tabula Rasa? What's standing out for me? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, we're we you know, we uh, we're getting more of uh, you know uh, for for me you know we're getting more of uh, Clark's past. Um, yes. When he was a uh, when he was in the special forces. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he's. Uh, You know, it's the it's interesting. You know, it's obviously not the focus of the show. It's all you know. It's just uh, you know a couple of lines here and there uh, that you know start to build up over the uh, over the course of uh, of a show. But uh, yeah, La- learning more about uh, the character I'm playing. Fun stuff. Yes, it's 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 been a great show. We very much enjoy listening to it. Glad it's. Um, season two. Yeah, and and that's and this is and uh, and it's another example of a show you know that's doing something uh, you know very different. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of thriller audio drama. There's not a lot of you know this sort of uh, this sort of thing being uh, being put out. And uh, you know the the crew uh, behind Tabula Rasa, they you know it they're I applaud them because they're this is a show I'd listen to even if I wasn't on it. It, it's a it's a good cop show without it being that procedural that we are getting stuck in with CSI and CSI Miami and CSI Atlantis and you know all the incarnations of the same thing over and over and over and over yeah. again. It's you know it's it's got a uh, you know it's got a through line and uh, but it, it's not afraid to take you know detours and. Uh, Very, very cool. So, is there anything that you'd like to talk about? Um, pendant stuff that we haven't talked about, or um, non-pendant uh, stuff? 
I know we talked right. about the uh, audiobook stuff earlier. Uh, yeah, uh, we you like I said, go check those out. Um, they're pretty good. There's more, there's more coming. Awesome. I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, Once upon a time in Vegas. When's oh, that yes. coming back? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Get on it. Let's go. Let's let's get some uh, some groundswell going for this. You uh you took over the role of Hector. I have that show in my notes here too. I did briefly. And then Hector flamed out in spectacular fashion. Hmm. We that wasn't the last we saw of him though. I think, yeah, I think we hear him... I don't know if that episode ever came out or not, but... Uh, well, I remember that... Um, oh... Somebody was dreaming or not dreaming, coma or... Zuggers. Or there was a ghost or... Yeah, and... Something happened. This is why we need more Once Upon a Time in Vegas. We need to clarify these things. Yes. Come on! <clears throat> Get on it. Definitely. People. We got a everyone. Wedding. We've got a wedding to, to finish up and some poltergeist things that we just need to have some explaining because the house is about to go. Get out. If this all seems very random to you people listening, go listen to Once Upon a Time in Vegas. It'll make Pendantaudio.com. Yes. So how big can people find you on uh online other than at pendant audio ah uh, well they can go to twitter.com slash pete mylan that's uh, where i usually am uh tweeting uh tweeting all the live long day mm -hmm. uh i also uh recently uh got myself a a website pete mylan.com um there is a very very sporadically updated blog um which is mostly links to audiobooks that i've done um yeah Cool. And are you on Facebook? Eh, sort of. <laughs> I try to keep my stuff off of. I don't. I don't like it. Honestly, if the rest of you people would just get off Facebook and just and just you know do stuff via Twitter the way normal people do, <laughs> it's on its way out. You know what? I know. We all know it. Let's I just want to come up with a little thing and let them buy it for me for a billion dollars. I, I I had never heard of WhatsApp until they bought it. I don't under, what is it? I, I think it's an instant messenger. Does it is I it think. is it some kind of? It it should be a cancer cure for how much that cost. Oh yeah. One of the websites did a thing like, "What could you buy instead?" And it was like. You know, everything from, like, you could buy a cup of coffee for everyone in the world from Starbucks. Oh. Um, or, like, 380 nuclear missiles. They just had, like, 20 different things that were cheaper than WhatsApp from from, face, uh, from Facebook's purchase. Mm. Yep. I could go for coffee. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I I gotta get some water myself. Cause it's nine o'clock and I can't drink coffee at this time of night, people. I'm old. <laughs> can't I can't I can't deal with the caffeine. I gotta gotta be at work. Come on. 
Well, I tell people that caffeinate is a word. It's a verb, means to go get coffee. Decaffeinate mm. is not. It's a sin. Well, Pete, I appreciate you taking the time. Yep, thank you very much. Thank you. Good for to be here. On, sitting in the hot seat. And um, if folks would like to find me, I am also on Twitter at JG underscore QA. And I'm also on Facebook much more sporadically than I used to be. Maybe that's why I haven't changed it from uh, www.facebook.com J-O-R-D-A-N.G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot five zero three six. Yeah, probably not going to change it. Yeah, I don't even know what you just said. Yeah. I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, you can only change it once, right? So. I, I don't know. I tried to come up with something really cool, and then it's like, no, that's used. Okay, well, how about this? Nope, that's used. How about this? Nope, that's used. We recommend you use this. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, once again, thank you so much, Pete. Yep, thank you very much. It's been good to be here. And we will send it back to Jeffrey and Susan. Peace out, homies. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview, it's over. Coming out Wednesday, April 16th, The Pen and Shakespeare, The Sonnets, Part 6. When I consider everything that grows holds in perfection but a little moment, that this huge stage presenteth naught but shows whereon the stars in secret influence comment. When I perceive that men, as plants increase, cheered and checked even by the selfsame sky, vaunt in their youthful sap at height decrease, and wear their brave state out of memory. Then the conceit of this inconstant stay sets you, most rich in youth before my sight, where wasteful time debateth with decay to change your day of youth to sullied night. And all in war with time for love of you. As he takes from you, I engraft you new. Coming out Wednesday, April 23rd, Season 2, Episode 4 of Tabula Rasa. Why are you here? To get an answer. Next time on Tabula Rasa. Organized crimes has hit a wall. No hits on Jones's credit cards, no one knows where he's gone, no one even knew if he had any friends. But an unexpected call gives the team a new lead. She was dead, right? It was on the news. You have access to all the relevant files. I'm going to try and get access to the Montague assassination reports. Meanwhile, Ganymede may not be in the best of Danica's graces. I don't think... Th of course I disobeyed Uriah. Uriah was crazy. Your orders that evening were to be at the senator's table. And the Finch family falls deeper into despair. This is what I came to find out, Lizzie. Don't call me that. No, you listen to me. You're going to get my mother killed. Killed! You don't understand what these people can do. Old Faces Return in Tabula Rasa Season 2, Episode 4. Only at PendantAudio.com Do I have to remind you how our chain of command works? You 
follow orders when they are given. We do not question, we do not refuse, we only carry out. La la la, the show is almost done. And there you have it. That's the end of our show. That's it. That's it. So uh, we missed you, and we hope you missed us. We love you. It's and been so And we hope so you long. love us. And it's nice to be back, and yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the LiveJournal community at community.livejournal.com slash PendantAudio, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash PendantAudio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash PendantWeb, and the Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Maybe our whispers will be even better now because there's a screen and it won't there, there won't be breath pops in our whispers and stuff maybe do we usually have breath pops in our whispers no but now we'll have them even less even less than never negative breath pops whoa it's terrible well say something funny then damn it bop, 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 bop. that's not funny That's also not funny. Damn it. Okay, stop. We're recording, you said. Hello, put your phone down. Fine. Wait, are we recording? Yes. Oh! No, no, you're always writing. (laughs) (laughs) Now ask me what my favorite swear word is.